Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in on this Sunday evening. What a blessing to be together. My co-host, Pastor Josh, is with us, and we're so excited that you'd give us a little time with you, a lot of information to share with you today, something that uh, former representative of Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, had some things to say that uh, was truly biblical truth, and I'll share some of that with you. She had these things to say about our culture today, and uh, Isaiah had something to say about that in chapter number 59, and we'll be going there in just a moment. I know Pastor Josh has quite a few things to share with you as well, and he'll be with us in just a moment. But let me remind you that, of course, always you're invited to be part of Antioch Baptist Church, our services Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for our Bible study time, Sunday morning worship at 11, and then Sunday afternoon service at 5 o'clock, a very special time of service where we are working hard, praying hard, and doing everything possible to intercede and intervene between the attack of the devil against our families, our young people. Yes, it may even be called a spiritual warfare meeting that we have on Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock. And we want you to be here and be part of that, as well as all of our services. So we encourage you to come and visit with us here at Antioch. Our church is very easily found, located at Exit 7, just off Interstate 81 in Bristol, Virginia. And you can find us, we're adjacent to the interstate next door to the Bojangles restaurant. The Days Inn Motel is there. So we're easily found for those of you listening to the program in our region. Come and visit with us. Pastor Josh will give you a lot more information on how to connect with us when he comes in just a moment. Now, uh, Tulsi Gabbard had some important things to say. And as I said, she didn't quote the Bible, but she well could have in what she had to say. She said that those folks and this culture and everyone who is pushing this transgender ideology, they think they're God. They think they're able to define the very nature of truth itself. She says, but this transgender movement reveals a very deeper problem that we have. And it's happening right before our very eyes. Anyone with common sense ought to recognize this insanity. But the deeper problem is this, that people in power and positions of power deny that there is such a thing as objective truth, such as the difference, the biological difference between a male and a female. Tussie Gabbard also warned that Powerful people deem themselves as the arbiter of what is true and what is not true, which leaves no guardrails in American society. She went on to say, we have no floor and no ceiling. If there's no such thing as truth, and if the only truth that exists is whatever the people in power say it is, 
This points to the dangerous path of where this ideology leads us. And it goes far beyond the trans ideology and the erasure of women and that we're seeing in our society right now. And it should be concerning to everyone. Absolutely, the erasure of women. Uh, This past week, there was the celebration of international celebration of women. And certainly all women should be alarmed at what's taking place in this transgender ideology. And Tulsi Gabbard said it so very correctly. It is truly people playing God and telling you what truth is according to them, not according to truth. Subjective truth is their reasoning and their wishes and not what is truly objective, as she went on to say. Now, in Isaiah chapter number 59, the Word of God tells us here in verse number 14, uh, this, what we're experiencing in America, happened in Israel. And may I say, friend, it happens in every nation that faces judgment and destruction. It happened in the Roman Empire. It happened in every empire in the history of the world. And here's what happened to Israel. Isaiah 59 and verse 14. Judgment or justice is turned away backwards, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. Did you hear that? Truth is fallen in the street, and equity or uprightness or right standing and is not entered and cannot enter. Yet truth faileth. Now, there's more that Isaiah had to say in this, but suffice it to say, he's describing exactly what was happening in Israel, and you would have thought Isaiah was speaking with Tulsi Gabbard just this past week when this statement was made by her, and it's made right here. Ladies and gentlemen, we see that those people in power today would like you to think that truth is subjective, that it is only feelings, and it is what those in power would have you to believe that truth is. But truth is objective. It is God's truth that they're arguing against, and they play God trying to decide that a biological male is a female, and a biological female is a male, and they're playing God in this. But it goes, as Tulsi said, much further And it's totally ludicrous as we look at this, but it goes much further to where those in power will decide for others what you can call truth and what you can call a lie when we know the opposite. That's not what our founding fathers intended, not at all. For a matter of fact, it was George Washington our first president, our founding father, that said it is impossible to govern the world without God. It's impossible to govern the world without God. He said the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. That's George Washington said that. God's blessings and the smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order 
and right. See that? Truth is what George Washington is saying. Truth, objective truth, is exactly what Tulsi Gabbard is saying. We must have this. Absolutely. Looking back at our founding fathers, let me just give you a short history lesson real quickly. Uh, During the 17th and 18th centuries, the American founders positioned Scripture as the bedrock of society, overlaying the nation's foundation with the fundamental principles from Old Testament, New Testament, the wisdom, the literature, the good news of eternal life found in Jesus Christ. The grand evangelistic mission by America's founders began or materialized really on May the 13th of 1607 as approximately 144 settlers and sailors arrived on America's shores aboard the English ships, the Godspeed, the Susan Constant, and the Discovery. As they disembarked, they erected a cross, took communion, and pledged to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and raise up godly generations after us. And I quote there. Well, some 13 years later, on November the 11th, 16 and 20, the Mayflower anchored at what is now Providence Town Harbor, Cape Cod. And before going ashore, the passengers established a set of rules for self-governance, pledging their mission for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. You see how George Washington was so correct. You see how Representative Tulsi Gabbard is so correct in stating we must have truth, and truth is objective. It is the very Word of God. We see Isaiah absolutely penned it perfectly, and God did through him in Isaiah 59, that when truth is fallen in the streets, he says, an equity cannot enter. You need truth to have equity and empathy and equality. Truth has to govern these. Remember, Jesus came full of grace and truth. You need the balance. Grace can deceive you if it's grace alone. Truth can destroy you if it's truth alone. But Jesus came full of grace and truth. How important to see that. Isaiah went on to say that truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Boy, we see that today, don't we? When you and I in the church, the people who are Christians, the people say, hey, the Word of God says this, and this is correct, and we even quote George Washington, who said that it's impossible to govern the world without God, Jehovah God, and that the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven has ordained and is in the word of God. We know that. So there we hear our founding fathers say this. We have the Bible to say this. We're standing on the word of God, and yet we're the enemy for telling the truth, not feelings or what someone in power says this is what you should think but what is actually factually happened you know the puritans the passion they had for biblical education began then to actually underpin the nation's culture 
with 106 of the first 108 colleges established in America were distinctly Christian college. Yes, 106 out of 108 colleges that were established in America were distinctly Christian. Christian character and values set the standard for the fundamental principles of civil and religious liberty and just systems of civil government. As historian Benjamin Morris noted in his Magnum Opus from 1864, the Christian life and character of the civil institutions of these United States. I have that book, by the way. For 250 years, the greatest export of America was, wait, what was it, preacher? Was it oil? Was it cotton? (laughs) No. For 250 years, the greatest export of America was Jesus Christ. Yes, the glory of our nation lies in its righteousness, as Proverbs 14 and 34 declares. And it, it's, it's greater than our GDP or our military power. The nation's rights, as per the founders, come from God, not from the government and the purposes of government. No, the very purpose of government according to the Word of God, is to protect the liberties that's guaranteed by our Constitution. The very purpose of government is to protect the people. That's what God's Word says. And our freedoms, our protection, is given to us and written down to us in the U.S. Constitution and the liberties guaranteed there. In the late 18th century, The French Revolution and its anti-God ideology began infiltrating America's halls of higher education with their secular creed uh, of liberty, equality, fraternity, undermining the biblical foundation laid down by the American founders to secure a sustainable freedom, a sustainable freedom, American Christendom, inopportunely, we might say, relinquished its fundamental role in the public square early in the 20th century, thereby enabling the state to take on godlike proportions. They took on prayer and the Bible and the Ten Commandments. These were all banned in 62, 63, and then in 1980. Well, we see what's happened since that time. We need truth, ladies and gentlemen, and truth of God's Word is the very foundation of all truth. May you and I stand on God's Word. May we be out there in the public square like Mayor Adams up there in New York City said. It was a sad day when prayer and the Bible was taken out of the schools. Now, here's the mayor of New York City, and I appreciate him saying that. It was a sad day when prayer was removed from the schools, and Christians ought to be out there in the public square with their faith. God help us to do so. Well, Pastor Josh, come on and share with us the important things. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our listening audience. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We invite you to connect with us on our website, antiochbristol.com. 
There you can find past episodes of this broadcast so that you can go back and listen to it again. You can share it with a friend or whatever it may be. It's right there on AntiochBristol.com. Also there, you will find the archives and the live streams of our Sunday services in video and in audio format. So head over to AntiochBristol.com for that as well. And uh, I want to share from God's Word out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is a very powerful verse And I've been asked multiple times this week, just randomly, not sought out or related to anything that I had to share or that I had to say, but the same kind of question. How do you avoid temptation? How do you avoid sin and sinful thoughts and the battle that's in your mind? How do you win that battle? And this is a very key verse as we fight the battle that rages in our mind, as we, as Christians, we want to avoid temptation. As Christians, we're thinking, you know, stay away. Don't think those thoughts. Stay away from those thoughts. Stay away from that sinful attitude, those sinful desires, whatever the case may be. And sometimes we can find ourselves in that kind of a mode where all that we can think of is stay away, stay away, stay away, stop, stop, stop. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. And we get stuck there. And I know that firsthand because I've been there in my Christian life. And many people become frustrated and you're saying, I'm trying to think godly thoughts. I'm trying to get away from these ungodly thoughts that are plaguing my mind. But it's just like a virus that keeps coming back and I can't get rid of it. I can't shake it. What's going on? How can I find freedom from these things? As I said, I've got firsthand experience with that because I was there during a season of my life as well struggling with sinful thoughts, and it just repeatedly would come up in my mind, and I would consciously have to fight it back and say, no, stop, 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 don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. And then I began to get more into God's Word, and I began to read His words more, and to grow in Him more and more. As I prayed, I was asking Him, please remove this from me, Lord, But I began to just organically, if I can use that word, come into his word, study it, analyze it, not even necessarily thinking about the issue that was plaguing my mind. I was able to put that on the back burner and just simply focus on the word of God, what it was saying, what it was teaching me about God. And I began to jot down thoughts as I was going along on just a separate piece of paper. And hey, friends, just find a system that works for you. I'm, I'm not giving you the Josh Davis method that you have to do it the way that I did it. I'm just telling you what worked for me, but find something that works for you. And so I would jot down things as I was going along and write down thoughts. And again, this was totally unrelated to the battle that I was facing. I was just simply going through the word of God, letting it speak to my heart and analyzing that dwelling upon it, meditating on it, 
chewing on it, if I can use that phrase, and writing about it and just dwelling in God's Word. Well, a couple weeks passed by, and I got to thinking all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. Wait just a second. I've not been struggling with that thought pattern that I had just a couple weeks ago. Where did that go? What happened there? That was really cool, and I didn't even notice that it happened. So I stopped, and I began to analyze and look back and see what changed in my life. Why did that stop all of a sudden? Then I realized I'd been saturating my mind with God's Word. I'd been more in the Word of God and allowing God's Word to be more in me. And so sometimes as Christians, we get stuck, as I said earlier, in that mode of avoidance. Stay away, stay away, stay away. That's the negative side, and that's a good first step, but it wears you out very quickly. You've got to move on to the second step, which is not just to stay away and to avoid those sinful thoughts, and, and sin, which would lead to sinful actions, but then to do the positive side of that, and which is to fill your mind with God's Word. As it says in Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. God's word is our God. It is our shield. It is our protector. His word will guard our minds. And that's what Romans 12, 2 teaches us. Be not conformed to this world. That's the negative side that I mentioned. Don't go after this world. This word conformed has the idea of, well, let me illustrate it this way, if I may. You know, we get used to temperature, don't we? If it's 90 degrees in the summertime, eventually our bodies will adapt to that. And then when it gets to be, you know, 50 degrees on a cold fall morning, we pull out the winter coats and, and we say, man, it is freezing cold. I'm so used to 90 degrees and now it's 50 degrees outside. I've got to get this winter coat on, this scarf on. Then we come into winter and it's down in the 30s and it's freezing and overnight it gets down into the 20s. And then we get a cold snap and it warms up and we get to 50 degrees Everybody's putting on shorts and short sleeves. Oh, I'm going outside. I'm going to enjoy it. What happened between those two 50-degree days? One, you've got on your winter coat and your scarf. You were used to the hotter temperatures. And then the next time it hit 50 after winter, you were used to the cold temperatures. Your body had adapted. Your body had conformed to the temperature. In the same way, it's gradual. It's progressive. We don't even realize oftentimes that it's happening to us, but it is. We are being conformed to this world. Our minds are being shaped to think in certain patterns, in certain ways, with certain vocabulary, certain definitions for certain words. Everything around us is, sh is shaping and molding our minds into a certain way. In other words, we are being shepherded to think a certain way. That's why the statistics which show the biblical worldview continues to decline 
And year after year, we see the number dip even further. And the rise of the secular mindset continues to rule the day in our world. It's because we are being shepherded in that direction through our education system and through so much of what people are buying into. They're not listening to sound preaching like we're trying to share with you here. And this station and other wonderful outlets do a wonderful job at doing that. But people, and by and large, are just checking out many other things. And their minds are being shaped by those things. So we need to be aware of that. We need to understand how our mind works and how our mind is shaped We can so easily be conformed to this world. But I'm glad the verse doesn't stop there. It goes on. It's not just about avoidance, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. It's not just about stop being conformed to this world. But there's this positive side to this as well. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed here has the idea, it comes from the root word where we get our concept of metamorphosis. The classic example is the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and emerges a beautiful butterfly. It has been totally transformed in that cocoon. And friends, there are seasons in life where God takes us through a cocoon experience to where we can be transformed And this is what he's talking about. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. When we saturate our minds with God's truth, with God's word, and we hide his words in our heart, and we're meditating on his words day and night, our attitudes will change. The way that we process information will change. The things that we think about will change. And I believe that you will find, just as I did, that you're not wrestling with the thoughts of avoidance. Stay away, stay away, stay away. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Whatever the case may be, whatever the sin may be, it could be a number of things. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, will pinpoint that into your heart. And I pray that he does, even as I'm speaking, that he begins to reveal to you exactly what it is in your life, in your mind, that you're allowing to control you and not really surrendering that over to the Lord. So I encourage you, saturate your mind with God's truth and let him lead you through uh, the temptation and the struggle that you're facing in the battleground of your mind. You know, God has promised us with every temptation, there is a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So I simply encourage you, look for those exit signs. If you're in a crowded building of any kind, a place where you work, a church, even a store, and the power goes out, what's the first thing people start to do? They begin looking for the exit signs, lit up, oftentimes in red or in green, lighting the path to say, here is the exit, come here. And God offers the same thing in every temptation that we face. There is a way out, and it's found in the Word of God. Look for the exit 
And when you get out the exit, saturate your mind with God's Word and allow Him to transform you from the inside out. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at AntiochBristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.